uh, pans out this year. Um, domestic consumption obviously key uh, going forward. Thank you to... Um, yeah. Thank you to you for joining us this morning, Yan An Wu, a chairman of uh, Zenrong Bao, and also say thank you very much to uh, Alex Wong, the director at Alex KY Wong Asset Management Company, and Tim Huxley, uh, chairman of Mandarin Shipping. Let's have a quick look at the markets before we go. Uh, currently, the Nikkei 225 is down 1.1% at 25,821. The S&P ASX 200 is up 0.8% at 7,386. The cost be up 0.25% at 2,392. Hang Seng Futures are looking to an open up about four tenths of one percent. Just before we go, the weather mainly cloudy and dry, cold this morning, uh, sunny intervals during the day with a maximum temperature of around 15 degrees, moderate to fresh northerly winds, strong offshore and on high ground. Uh, the red fire danger warning is in force, as is the cold weather warning, the strong monsoon signal as well. Uh, 12 degrees Celsius right now, 68% relative humidity. Uh, this is James Ross uh, with Money Talk. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. In a few moments, it's Back Chat uh, with Jim Gould uh, and Mike Rouse. Now it's 8.30 and the news headlines with Tommy. An economics professor says the mainland border reopening should push the retail sector up by 50% over the coming year. High-speed trains to the mainland resumed yesterday after a three-year break, while land border crossings reopened with a quota from January the 8th. Hong Kong-based Kevin Joy from Clemson University in South Carolina agreed with retailers that it would take some time for the sector to fully recover. For the whole year, I think uh, that's going to help at least more than 50%. I mean, because if you think about airline industry, I think there's a good benchmark. The airline industry, they claim that uh, within a year, they can get something like 70% of the uh, capacity resumed. So from that perspective, the retail sector can do a little bit better. Nepal has declared a day of mourning for the victims of a plane crash that is thought to have killed more than 70 people. The flight plummeted to the ground yesterday morning as it approached the tourist town of Pokhara. Bikram Pandey Kaji is from Nepal Aviation, which provides services to all airlines in the country. This pilot is one of the most experienced and well-respected pilot of Nepal. The way everybody has seen today's crash was just unthinkable because it was the third flight. It was on the third time he was trying to take a big turn from the old airport toward the new direction where he had to take a big turnaround. So it must have been because of the wind. The Israeli president, Isaac Herzog, has said the country faces a constitutional crisis over the new right-wing government's bitterly contested plans for judicial reform. The president said he wanted to encourage a respectful dialogue. The religious nationalist coalition, led by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, wants to weaken the Supreme Court by enabling Parliament to overrule its decisions with a simple majority. Opponents say the plan would destroy judicial independence. But Mr. Netanyahu insists the changes are necessary. I am certain that after an important and in-depth discussion in the Constitution Committee, we will complete the reform legislation in a way that will fix what needs fixing, will fully protect individual rights, and will restore the public's trust in the justice system, which needs this reform so much. The NATO Secretary-General Jans Stoltenberg has promised that Ukraine will soon receive more heavy weaponry from Western countries. Members of the Ukraine Defense Contact Group, which coordinates military supplies, will hold a meeting in Germany next Friday. 
Raphael Loss from the European Council on Foreign Relations in Berlin said the gathering could mark the start of a European defense coalition to support Ukraine against Russia. Poland's president, Andrzej Duda, has said that Poland would be willing to supply roughly a company of German Blue Stepper II battle tanks. And there's a discourse driven by Finnish parliamentarians. Voices from Denmark, Sweden and other European countries are chiming in here as well. And then we have the German political figures that are pushing the debate in Germany. If there is indeed a European coalition emerging, then I think German leadership would well be placed to bring together this coalition. Joe Biden has become the first U.S. sitting president to deliver a Sunday sermon at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church in Atlanta. The speech marked the national holiday that celebrates the civil rights activist's life and legacy. Mr. Biden told the congregation there was still a lot of work to be done on economic justice and voting rights. He spoke of the need to redeem the soul of America. So often when people hear about Dr. King, people think of his ministry and the movement were most about the epic struggle for civil rights and voting rights. But we do well to remember that his mission was something even deeper. It was spiritual. It was moral. That's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with me, Jim Gould, and your guest presenter, Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about uh, prospects for a revival in uh, tourism. That's following the recent return of quarantine-free travel between Hong Kong and the mainland. The tourism board here is handing out vouchers which visitors can spend on transport, meals and goods at designated uh, shops as part of a $100 million promotional campaign. And the airport authority is partnering partnering with uh, airlines, travel agents and hotels to provide offerings to visitors such as free air tickets. There's also good news for the cruise industry. This week, the city will welcome the first international cruise ship from Singapore after a long three-year pause. But there are warnings that it will take some time before tourism and travel can return to pre-pandemic levels, partly because of a shortage of staff in a number of sectors. After 9.15, we're talking about the government's uh, announcement that uh, non-Hong Kong residents will no longer be able to receive uh, free COVID-19 vaccinations in the SAR starting from today. Let us know uh, what you think on any of this. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 and we have uh, with us uh, in our studio here at Broadcasting House this morning, uh, uh, Jeff Bent, Managing Director of Worldwide Cruise Terminals. Good morning, Mr. And Bond. Good morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. And also on the line, we have uh, Freddie Yip, President of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association, and Mark Michelson, uh, Chairman of the Asia CEO Forum. And perhaps, uh, Freddie Yip, uh, good morning. Perhaps we could start with you. Hello, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so now that we have uh, free travel once again, borders uh, being open, how, how is it looking? How are things looking for your sector? Our sector is uh, quite uh, encouraging. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm now, right now I'm now in Macau. I'm being invited by the Macau Tourism Board uh, to join the organization trip. 
Uh, I come here with uh, over 40 media uh, fans and travel agencies to come here and host by the uh, Macau Tourism Board to familiarize more uh, uh, update situation in Macau, like visiting the hotels, the tourism, uh, the tourist uh, sports. It is quite um, encouraging for us, uh, for the uh, mainland border open, and the Macau is the one we act really fast to attract the tourists come to uh, Hong Kong. I really admire those uh, people who work very hard for promoting the tourism in Macau. This is what we want, and the travel agency, uh, we are doing all our best try to uh, resume this tourism business back to Hong Kong. And uh, Macau and Hong Kong are quite close uh, to, to each other. I do believe the uh, overseas visitors and the mainland uh, visitors, they, uh, they, love, they love to come to Hong Kong together with Macau. Without uh, opening the, uh, the border with Hong Kong and Macau, uh, the attraction for, uh, for the, the for the trip uh, won't be uh, as good as uh, combined together. This is uh, why all the travel agencies are being invited by the tourism bureau, Macau bureau, that uh, we are all working hard to make a new itinerary, a program, to try to sell more to a product, uh, like uh, uh, Jay. Mm. Uh, also working hard uh, to bring more cruises back to Hong Kong. We all need the tourists come to our city. Sure. I mean, Macau always been a very popular venue for people from Hong Kong, uh, but of course, uh, uh, very few have been able to visit for the past uh, two, three years. What, what's the level of interest now from Hong Kong in going to Macau? Well, we have, uh, we have seen uh, quite a uh, numbers of uh, Hong Kong people uh, walking in the street in uh, Macau. And uh, the shops are already open. And uh, still there are some uh, shops uh, working, but I can see the people start to up to buy the souvenir in the shops. And uh, the hotel people telling us that after almost three years in Coast Town, the city and Valtudas, the hotel are facing a very serious problem as everybody uh, does, that uh, they lack of uh, manpower. They, they, they don't have enough uh, staff to serve the people. So they, it would take I feel, a few months uh, to get back the people to work in the hotel in Macau as well. Uh, Mr Yip, good morning. Uh, it's very good that Hong Kong people and Macau people can visit each other. And uh, once again, I'm really looking forward to getting back to Macau and good that the mainlanders can visit both and it's getting much easier to do that. How about the international market uh, from Europe or North America or Southeast Asia? I, according to uh, our friends, the travel agency who are working uh, on this bound tourists from the Europe or the Asia city, they are all uh, start working on the program. The program come to Hong Kong. 100% of the, the itinerary has included Macau together. So Hong Kong, Macau, 
electricity must be included. Otherwise, the product won't be sell uh, so well uh, with only one model detonations. So we are already uh, start to kick off the promotion uh, to attract more people come back to Hong Kong. And of course, they will offer one more ch- chance to them that after they visit Hong Kong, can come to Macau and go to Chihoi. From Chihoi, they can go to the, some of the cities in the mainland. Right. And you mentioned the problem of staffing. Um, a lot of the people who left the tourism industry are now well established in a, in a new in a new job, maybe in insurance or, or something else. Uh, will it be easy to lure them back? Do you think, or are we going to have to bring in new recruits and train them up? This is the problem not only happening in Hong Kong, even in Europe, in Australia, in state. Um, most, or, or I can say all of these uh, hotels uh, or the tourism sector, the, the people uh, left the industry, they, they need time to consider to come back to join uh, this uh, travel industry. So I think that it would uh, take a few months uh, to observe, see the tourism business will, 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 will continuously uh, right. Going up, so so they would decide to come back uh, to join this industry, but not now. Especially the Chinese New Year, right. in Hong Kong and in Macau, they they won't quit the job and come back. They must uh, take some time to consider and join back this uh, industry. Okay, okay. We'll bring in uh, <clears throat> Mark Michelson in just a moment to talk about the uh, economic side of, of it all. But also we have with us uh, uh, Jeff Bent, uh, managing director of Worldwide uh, Cruise Terminals. Uh, so, uh, so, so Jeff cruises to Hong Kong, returning Hong Kong back on the uh, itinerary. Yeah, it's very exciting that um, Silver Seas has a ship visiting within the week. So um, that'll mark the first international cruise ship to come to Hong Kong since the beginning of the pandemic and um, will really help to put us back on the map. What about uh, generally? Are the people planning now for (coughs) including Hong Kong? Uh, This is a one-off. these, I should say, are, are for the most part, uh, we'll, there'll be a number of calls this uh, spring that were planned three years ago and sort of um, n- never canceled. And fortunately, um, the, the cruise lines were persuaded to retain these. So um, we, we did just get um, a new deployment from a new uh, cruise line that'll come starting in, in March, the Resorts World One Cruise ship will be home porting in Hong Kong, serving local customers, high seas cruises. Um, a nice newly renovated uh, ship with you know nine restaurants and multiple bars and sportsplex, uh, so on and so forth. Um, for for more international lines, I think we're still looking at uh, twenty twenty six as being the first year where where things are fully back to normal. But at least. Starting from this year, when we when we go and meet with the cruise lines, they will have the confidence to be placing these forward bookings. Right. What is it, what are the restrictions for passengers now? Are there any vaccination requirements or mask wearing? What what's going on there? Um, I think for us in in Hong Kong, the remaining restrictions seem really quite minimal and sensible. 
Um, so for international cruise lines coming in, passengers 12 and up must be fully vaccinated. They need to do uh, an RAT test on board before disembarking. When they're in Hong Kong, like everybody else, they need to wear masks in the same situations as everybody else does. So um, from our perspective, these all seem, you know, kind of common sense, logical, safe, healthy things. Uh, from the international perspective, for a lot of places, there are zero restrictions. So, um, so, so there's still a little bit of persuasion to do, but I, I think that... Um, you know, quite a number of, of lines are, are able to work around um, the remaining restrictions in place. Because places like Singapore and Vietnam, do they have these restrictions? No. No, they don't? Yeah. Okay. How about Taiwan? Uh, Taiwan has some remaining restrictions similar to ours. Uh, Japan also has some remaining restrictions similar to ours. So I'd say North Asia is is the last place to to have these types of restrictions, and the rest of the world has pretty much dropped them. Because from Hong Kong's perspective, we're ideally placed for the cruise industry, both north and, and south. Yes, we, indeed. We, we should be the hub for the whole continent. I would love to see that, yes. <laughs> OK. <laughs> uh, Mark Michelson, good morning to you. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Can yeah. you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes, okay. yes. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, we've heard various predictions about what this uh, opening up is going to mean for uh, economic benefits, uh, but also that it may take uh, uh, quite a long time, uh, like more than a year, to get back to, you know, for some sectors to get back to the, the, the levels that they were uh, pre-pandemic. Um, how, how do you see the situation? No, uh, that seems to be... We, uh, you know, I chair a group of regional CEOs, and mm. several of them are in retail, and they have operations not only in Hong Kong, but Macau as well. And for one of them, Macau was 25% of their business in the greater, uh, greater Bay Area, which is, which, is, which is a lot. Now it's less than 5%. And although, as was mentioned, it's going to come back to some extent, but their big problem is people as another issue that's mentioned, getting them back to work in their, in their shops and, uh, and to take care of what they might see as, as, as greater visitor arrivals. Also, there's clearly caution. It's, it's again, communication and the message and promotion of, 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 of visiting Hong Kong. Of course, there's going to be a lot of that, but you've got to give them a good reason to come. And, and it's just been emphasized there is a distinction between Hong Kong and some of the other places in the rest of the region and the rest of the world, that may ease over time. That's important. But you also have to tell, the chief executive says, we have to tell good stories. But the stories have to be credible. And they have to come from people other than in the, in the industry, but people who actually come and visit and work in Hong Kong and find it, uh, find it more attractive than, they, than it was, for example, during the past three years. So, uh, yeah, um, we're talking about uh, staff shortages in uh, hotels, restaurants, uh, retail. Is it, is it across the board or what's the situation? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, it is many cases. And part of that, in, in terms of companies, too, it's, it's where you work from. Mm. And of course, in, in, in travel and tourism, you sort of have to be there. But, you know, they're, they're working remotely has become increasingly popular in a lot of businesses. But again, the biggest issue seems to be, and this is across sectors, it's not just in travel and tourism, is, uh, is getting people back who have right. left and have found other things to do or 
uh, found uh, different different arrangements. Some of them will come back, and that would be the same for visitors, I think, because when there is a when there is a gap, and when other places, as Mike has pointed out, have different uh, different policies, people tend to go there, and then maybe they aren't as it's not as easy to convince to come come back again. I think some of them will. And I hope many of them will. But you know, are we going to still get fifty to sixty million visitors as we did uh, before the pandemic? That that would be a a big ask. It would be tremendous. We get back back there even by twenty twenty six. Right. The speed of recovery question. I think Dane Chang I saw over the weekend was was warning that this is going to take a a lot longer than maybe we, we wish. For sure. There's no no doubt about it. People are, people are cautious and they've, you know, they've, some of the information they've received probably isn't that accurate and they look at pictures from, from Hong Kong and, and especially, as was mentioned, in this part of Asia with the restrictions and so on, and even if they have been lifted or have been relaxed, the image they have in their mind is, is not favorable and that has to be changed. Right. And and the staff one that you mentioned, uh, the people have bedded down in other in other sectors. No, that's right. So they have to find they have to find sometimes new people, others that might be involved, and that obviously take, that takes time if you're going to be able to do that successfully. But there also is an incentive, as I mentioned, one of the companies which which is uh, which is which is in uh, cosmetic products, you know. It, Macau was a very big business for them, and so there's an incentive for them to try to find those those people and to start up again, because they think if it doesn't, you know, maybe it's not going to come back right away to what it was, but it was substantial enough to to make it very attractive for them to to try to develop and and and, uh, and reinforce. Are there going to be some salary increases? There has to be. That's one of the issues, and of course, then you talk about margins, and a lot of these businesses are not high margin businesses. And so, uh, so they have to figure out how they can uh, how they can balance that. What about training? If we're going to be bringing in brand new people to some sectors, uh, because the, the the experienced ones won't come back, um, uh, are we doing enough training? You could you, you'd have to have somebody in the in the industry that. But you know, most of the companies that we work with, and they're international companies, have extensive training programs. And they're sort of used to doing this, and they're used to doing it pretty efficiently and reasonably quickly. But they have to find the people that want to come to them first, and then they can, then they can do that and, and get them on the ground, not tomorrow, but maybe, maybe in a month or so, or whatever it takes. Jeff, training new people in the cruise industry? Yes, we will also have to uh, hire and, and train, and, and some of them will be hospitality-type people, but then there's also a lot of um, front-end positions in, in things like uh, guarding and, and cleaning where uh, it will also be tough to, uh, to find the manpower. Are we going to have to look at our immigration regime here in Hong Kong? Uh, maybe have more people coming in from places like the Philippines, which has a reputation for hospitality. It's true. Well, I, I think three years of, of not having, you know, 50,000 um, new new migrants a year from, from mainland China has certainly hurt the labor pool. So um, wherever we can, we can find talent, um, we're, we're going to need to look for it. Uh, just, just to add in, a couple of members of, of our group who are in retail have just suggested exactly that, that the immigration rules be relaxed and we bring in more people from Southeast Asia because... 
you know, most people from China are not interested in working in retail. They're not finding enough people in Hong Kong. So if you can get them from the Philippines or from, from elsewhere uh, nearby, that, would, that could be very helpful to them. Mm. Is the industry going to take this up with the government? I suspect they will to some extent. But, of course, then the government has some issues there, too, because there's some resistance to that, both in this industry and among various segments about the population, which Singapore, of course, has found many times over the years. Mr. Yip, um, what, what does the industry think about importation? Freddie? Well, in Macau, in, in Macau, they have already, already been done for a long time. Uh, for every travel agency, they have uh, five uh, local staff. They, uh, co- uh, they can uh, have a quota to import one staff from the mainland China, five to one. This is what uh, the Macau uh, have been uh, doing uh, in the past uh, years already. Uh, right now, I think uh, every every sector facing the same problem is the people they left, they need time to come back to join this industry. And working in a travel agency is quite different with working in a retail shop or the restaurants. They really need experience to serve the customer. So what we are going to do, we, we can train the people, but we need immediately those experienced staff who can pick up the job and do the business immediately. So uh, I think in Hong Kong, uh, we're just waiting for the business to come back and hopefully those people who left our trade can join back this industry, especially uh, a big numbers of staff, they went to the vaccination center to work there and this, uh, this center will be closed. Uh, gradually, and these people will consider and come back to the travel train. This right. is what we hope. Of course, and you also need experienced people to do the training of the new ones, don't you? Oh, I, I train the new staff. We are all doing Michaelson, uh, uh, just uh, ask you quickly because uh, I know you can only be with us to, till nine o'clock. But we've got some uh, some pretty big uh, events coming up uh, uh, fairly soon, actually. Uh, so in March, we've got, we've got the Clock and Flat Music Festival, uh, Art Basel, uh, uh, <clears throat> Hong Kong uh, Rugby Sevens will be back as well. So again, so I mean, are those big events going to make a, a big difference? Are they going to help uh, in terms of numbers and visitors and so on? Well, they should. I mean, they, these are these are our, our attractions that can bring in people. Of course, we had the sevens in November, but not mm. much of an international mm. uh, attendance. It would be a big difference if, if they're here. But again, it's going to be gradual, and they have to come back. And some of them are familiar with these, but certainly that's that's part of Hong Kong's attraction. In addition to the, the big conferences, we have the financial conference. Before we need to do more of that, uh, as Mike will remember, uh, after SARS. 
one of our one of our our biggest promotional events was a was a Forbes conference that that brought in a lot of business people and sort of uh, again sort of indicated that Hong Kong was back uh, among many other things and that's important to to sort of set those and then gradually that will uh, that some of that some of them will return but you've got to start somewhere and you know for, I just looked at the at the visitor numbers we we went up a thousand percent from. November of of, uh, of last year to November of 2021, that's great, but it's still a fraction of what it was. So we really have quite a long way to go. And uh, the business conferences, we we can get them if we sponsor them. Um, that's right. We need, but we need people who want to come here and want to hold events here. That's right. Mm. And maybe another Harbour Fest. <laughs> thanks, thanks Jim. <laughs> I'm still paying for the first one. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think uh, we're going to take a, a short break now because uh, we've got a three-minute news summary coming up. But uh, let's say thanks very much to Mark Michelson, uh, chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia, and thanks very much to Freddie Yip, uh, president of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association. Uh, Jeff Bent's going to stay with us uh, for a bit longer uh, after uh, nine o'clock, uh, after nine o three, and we'll also uh, be joined. Um, in the later part of the program by Agnes Lam, who's an Associate Professor of Communication at the University of Macau. We'll also be talking about um, um, bivalent uh, vaccines in the last part of the program. Um, let's see. Uh, we're going to have a quick look uh, at the weather now. Um, it's going to be uh, mainly cloudy and dry today, uh, cold in the morning, and for the next few days, uh, moderate to fresh northeasterly winds. Um, the outlook persistently cold in the morning in the next couple of days. Currently, in effect, is the red fire danger warning, the cold weather warning and the strong monsoon signal. It's 12 degrees and humidity is at 64%. And welcome back to Back Chat uh, with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, uh, prospects uh, for the recovery of tourism following the uh, recent return to quarantine-free travel between uh, Hong Kong and mainland China. We've also uh, been talking quite a lot about Macau. And we now have uh, on the line with us uh, Agnes Lam, who's an Associate Professor of Communication at the University of Macau and a former legislator. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Hi, everybody. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, I saw, uh, just reading in the newspaper the other day, you, you, you were talking about um, uh, uh, the tourism numbers in Macau making a, a fairly uh, rapid uh, recovery now that it's uh, obviously much easier to visit the place. Uh, um, uh, how is Macau looking at the moment? Yeah, actually yesterday, I think uh, the number exceeds uh, everybody's expectation. And so we have we received uh, 150,000. And so it's more or less like the, uh, I think one of the higher number in the record. And actually what we expect like was like uh, 40,000 uh, this month, uh, per day this month. Mm. And so uh, and I think last Sunday it was like 70,000. And so I think the, uh, the, the growth exists I think all the uh, experts kind of expectation, and we feel the recovery. Everybody I went out to the uh, the major road in Macau, San Malo, 
And so you see it was packed with people like the 219. Or even, uh, yeah, it was just packed with people, local people and also tourists, yeah. Sounds very encouraging, uh, Ms. Lam. Can I ask, what, what are the remaining restrictions on going into Macau? Do you, uh, testing or vaccination? What, what do you have to comply with? No, actually, we don't have any restriction. It's the, the only restriction is like uh, if you're going to some very uh, major event, usually it's the official one, and then there might be are some restrictions, but it, it doesn't apply to the tourists or it doesn't apply to normal people. Right. And uh, there's this restriction for you to go to China. You know, after you arrive in Macau, if you want to go to China, you still need to uh, have a, if you are not staying here for longer than seven days, you still need to take the uh, nuclear test. Uh, if no, and then there's no, no more restrictions. Right. How about masks? Do Macau people wear masks? Oh, we still need to wear masks. So everywhere, uh, masks is still uh, mandatory. And so uh, if you uh, ride on the bus, taxi, and also going to uh, cinema, you still need to wear masks. And you see that on the street, uh, everybody is just wearing masks. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, how many of the visitors are coming from Hong Kong at the moment? Uh, I don't get the number from yesterday, uh, but the previous day, uh, it was like over 10,000. Mm. And so uh, last weekend, it was like 5,000. Uh, 5, and it was very encouraging uh, because we, we didn't see anybody or very, very few Hong Kong tourists coming for three years already. Mm. And so, uh, you know, some shops, they used to, to design in a way to receive Hong Kong, Hong Kong tourists. And so they, I think a lot of them closed down already. And now we are very happy to, to hear people talking in Cantonese on the street, and then they look like tourists. I I went into several young uh, uh, couples in Macau yesterday, so I talked to some of them. Actually, they were all coming from Hong Kong, so I feel very happy about that. Yes. We missed you too. <laughs> it's it's a yeah. favorite outlet for Hong Kong people. It's sort of out of town, but not so far and not so expensive. So it should be. Yeah, yeah. And, we should and be flooding. So yeah. we we also hope that. And yesterday there was like because certainly the hotel rooms were not enough. You, you know the price they 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 went up a lot, right? So yesterday there was still uh, there some uh, news about the platform, and they increased the the hotel uh, room rate too rapidly, and so the government issued some kind of announcement about that. But I, I hope that that won't really. Uh, you know, fret, fret, fretting to go away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jeff Bent, how much of a factor is uh, Macau for the uh, for the cruise industry in this part of the world? Well, I think it's it's always a very enjoyable shore excursion for cruises coming to Hong Kong. Um, they generally have to be the the first group to leave the ship and the last group back on, but um, it certainly adds to the attraction of Hong Kong as, as a destination to also have uh, Macau as, as an option for people to visit. So so that involves uh, uh, taking the cruise to Hong Kong and then, and then what, taking the local jet foil over to Macau? Or yes. Um, in the past, it was all uh, ferry, and uh, now there's the Zhuhai-Macau Bridge, so bridge. we think it'll be um, much much quicker and easier, you know, in particular um, 
depending on on the rights that the coaches have to to travel about in in both areas. I, I believe coaches, if they're from Macau in the first place, can can also bring people straight to the to the attractions in in Macau as well. Uh, Jeff, mm. we we touched on this before the news. Um, the remaining restrictions in North Asia, where do they leave us? Um, we're we're the odd man out uh, for now. So uh, most of the rest of the world has has really fully gone back to uh, life as normal. Although you know some some places are more conservative than um, than others. You know there are, there are places in the U.S. where occasionally they'll say it's a good idea to wear a mask indoors. Um, and other places where they absolutely refuse <laughs> and, and rebel, but but um, yeah. but in in Asia, people uh, North Asia in particular, yeah, we're more conservative about this, and um, and it's people will find visitors will find it unusual. Because this is this is my thought, as as I mentioned in my column in the paper today, uh, standing at the terminal in Heathrow, uh, watching. Uh, passengers from all over the world queue for British uh, immigration. Uh, the only people wearing masks were the people who just got off the Hong Kong flight. So it really struck out uh, like a sore thumb. <laughs> True. Um, Agnes Lam, um, just talking about... Uh, uh, the convenience of travelling between uh, Hong Kong and Macau. Of course, the, the fast ferries are available again. But um, uh, do, do you happen to know? Do you have any figures to, to show that how many people are using that means of transport? How many people are using the buses and going across the bridge? Uh, I do have the figures at the moment. But uh, what I notice is that because the very uh, surface uh, not returned to normal yet, so we don't have enough ferry coming over actually. And so uh, the, the the major number uh, the major tourists coming from Hong Kong they come in, uh, from the uh, Hong Kong to High Bridge actually Hong Kong to Macau Bridge mm-hmm. and so uh, it would be until uh, the Chinese New Year the ferry service will return to I think maybe fifty percent of the uh, of those in two one nine so at the moment if you uh, I think we got like four to six ferries per day only. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not a lot of people there. They, right. they just resume normal. And but the government, you know, will give you one uh, balance every three. And so then they have to, I think they, they need to fit uh, the recovery. They, they will fit the recovery in there soon, yeah. Uh, Ms. Lam, what's happening with staffing now? Looking at the, the whole spectrum of the tourism industry, hotels, uh, retail... Uh, transportation and so on. Uh, how how's the staffing situation as the industry recovers? So actually, yeah, nobody really gives uh, the actual number, but I talk to people working in the hotel business and television business. And so, uh, during in the past few years, especially last year, a lot of companies they lay off the uh, uh, the the labors, right? And then and also some local people. It will take them some time to train new people or to recruit their own people, especially for the uh, uh, people that are holding working with I mean, the, the import labor. And so it would be hard for them to, to hire the same person. And so now I think the, uh, in the business, what, what everyone is expecting is that we can gain 
uh, business up to 40 to 60 percent of those in 2019. And so uh, it will take them, I think, at least like three to half a year uh, to to get to 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 to, to hire back people or to have the full capacity to visit tourists. And so even for the major uh, hotels, uh, now they don't have enough room, not because it, it's fully booked, but because they don't have the, the, the staff to to do, you know, like the hotel management and right. then cleaning, you know, they, they need to have those kind of, uh, I, I don't remember the term for those staff, that uh, they just don't have enough. And so that, uh, I think the capacity uh, is like maybe up to, uh, 70%, uh, up to a night only, and you would take them some time to, to, yeah, to fully recover. Will the industry have to pay more? Uh, no, no, I, I, I haven't heard about that. I, what I heard is that, the, uh, the pay for recruiting new people now, uh, at least it's like 20 or 30% lower comparing to the past. And so that might be different uh, in the coming few months. That I think for the maybe for the worst first wave, people start to hide people back, and then um, they will be lower. And also uh, because the government, because in, in the town uh, we work in this way, when you need to hire someone overseas, so you need to hire enough local people. And so then you, you present the number to the government, so there would be a certain percentage for each business, each industry, and each company uh, to report non-local uh, uh, workers. And so um, so it would just take time for, for them to, to recruit them. And so I think the, yeah, so the, the payment, uh, what I heard now is, is like, yeah, at least 20 percent lower than before. All right. You mentioned that the hotels uh, put up their room rates. Um, I guess after you've been... It was a Yes, because I'm thinking they've been without income and proper business for this part of three years. As soon as you see some visitors coming in, you think, well, I, finally I can make some money. You reacted to the reference to AI. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I bet a lot of these platforms and hotels have revenue management systems where when they see the inquiries and booking spiking, 
you know the the machine has a mind of its own and, and prices will 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 go yeah, accordingly actually uh, uh, Jeff uh, you you run uh, uh, you're managing director of worldwide cruise terminals but you you have a background in the aviation industry we haven't really talked much about aviation in the program today but uh, um, how long do you think it's going to take for you know some of these airlines to get back to full capacity I, I, I noticed uh, I noticed uh, uh, Hong Kong Express was saying it expects to reach 75% of the pre-pandemic level by the end of this year, uh, uh, but it won't be fully back until the middle of next year. I, I've been I've been out of um, the business for a while, but but my my um, my employer yeah is is mostly an airports company and. Um, I think um, you know the guidance that the airport has given is is quite good. You know, looking at maybe seventy percent end of this year and hopefully a hundred percent end of next year. But then um, it'll be a different mix uh, because you know some some uh, airlines have have moved on and found other opportunities and better places to deploy their planes. And um, but hopefully we can we can pick up more um you know as we get uh better synergies with with the mainland and with the third uh runway up and running as well and of course the pilots need to fly a certain number of hours every month to keep their licenses current so you have a problem as they come back that they haven't been flying enough they've got to be training again staffing everywhere uh, high-speed rail too for for that matter too when, yes. when they haven't been been running properly for for years so it's gonna the message is it's going to take time yes mm-hmm. okay well uh, thanks very much uh, uh, to uh, both of you for joining us uh, on the program uh, this morning that was uh, uh, Jeff Bent managing director of worldwide cruise terminals and thanks very much to Agnes Lamb, Associate Professor of Communication at the University of Macau and before nine o'clock we also heard from uh, Freddie Yip, President of the Hong Kong Travel Agent Owners Association and Mark Michelson, Chairman of the Asia CEO Forum Um, One message here on our Facebook uh, from TC, uh, wondering why why is uh, Hong Kong giving incentives to outsiders now? Uh, not so long ago, he says, uh, there were loud criticisms over Hong Kongers living overseas, like me, receiving a $10,000 cash handout. Um, that's probably likely to be a, a topic uh, for another day. You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233-88-266 and have your say. And uh, for the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the programme this morning, uh, we're turning our attention to uh, a different topic, and that is the government's uh, announcement that uh, non-Hong Kong residents will no longer be able to receive uh, free COVID-19 vaccinations uh, in the SAR. Um, We're joined now on the line by uh, Dr Samuel Kwok, uh, the medical director of the Vaccination Centre in uh, uh, Lychee Kok. Uh, Dr Kwok, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, so uh, this uh, announcement uh, from the government, what, what do you think it means for like, the, the overall vaccination programme? Um, in fact, uh, what the government, uh, the new, new policy of uh, not letting um, non-eligible pe- mm. patients, uh, mm. people doing vaccination in Hong Kong, uh, is 
what it means is that the government program is only for Hong Kong people. Yes. So uh, whoever is not Hong Kong people, not eligible, they have to do it in the private sector. Mm-hmm. Right. And will will there be enough uh, venues or establishments in the private sector to? Well, um, now since the um, the actually introduction of this um, bivalent BNT vaccine in Hong Kong, it's been available now in Hong Kong, and I. I think about well, um, quite a number of uh, clinics or private clinics are actually pro- are providing this, or even hospitals right. are providing this, yes. What, what are they charging? What's the typical charge? Um, there is a range, of course. Um, different clinics will have its own uh, projection and what would be the estimation of people coming and what should be the price. So it ranges from, uh, I would say, something like, Thousand five hundred to about three thousand uh, for one jab. Wow! Mm-hmm. But we still think uh, some people will still come here just for the jab. Yeah, this is just for the jab, basically, mm-hmm. because the um, I must say the, the the cost of the drug itself, the vaccine, is in fact quite high. So um, that makes it the uh, the package for the injection is high too. Mm-hmm. There have been some recent reports that the bivalent may um, have some adverse effect uh, different from the other versions? Oh, in fact, yeah, we heard about uh, a report of saying that the, um, the, the bivalent one uh, could have the complication of uh, stroke. But um, I think the, the conclusion, the outcome is that there is an <clears throat> maybe a slight increase in the number but uh, if you look at it statistically, there is no significant increase at all. Right. So I think the um, the conclusion is pretty inconclusive. Mm. Um, I would say the um, the complication rates or, or the risk factors of, uh, concerning the, the new vaccine, it would be exactly the same as the old one. Right. Because the constituents of all these uh, vaccines are the same except for the new one, the bivalent one. It consists of the newer version of um, the virus mRNA. I think was, is it encouraging? Because I'm, I'm due to get mine next month. So <laughs> it's good to know that it's similar. Yeah, it's low, it's low incidence anyway. Right. And what, what so are the sort of... What age can people uh, take this new vaccine? Does it come well, down to small children or...? Now, um, the, now, this new bivalent vaccine that comes into Hong Kong is licensed to use for... 12 years old and above, all right? right. So um, according to this, and, and we have to do it as a booster dose for people, and we can't do it as the, the first one or two doses, initial doses. So this mm. is how it is licensed to use. But you're judging from the um, the content of, of the vaccines is, as I just said earlier, is exactly the same as the OBNT, the Biontech uh, vaccine. So there's no reason why it cannot be used as the first two doses. But in fact, there are um, countries that uh, provide this vaccine as the initial uh, uh, two vaccine, uh, doses for, for vaccination. So um, so if these um, people come along and would like to use it as, as the first two doses, they actually can do it, but they have to go to doctors and consult a doctor and say, doctors, say if they use it for, for this particular person, then they can use it. But in for general uh, purposes, I think we do it for booster doses. All right. Mm. That, that would be correct. And if you've had COVID before, 
should you still have this one? Um, now, considering the, um, the well, it is used as a booster, so if you are just reco- you have just recovered from a COVID infection, or just recovered, then for all vaccines for COVID, you have to wait for at least three months. Right. All right. So the, the, in January, six months, where you can do it earlier from three months onwards. The reason being, after an infection, your body produces antibodies, and all this defense mechanism of the immunity that actually you are kind of immune to the, to the infection again in the initial months. So only when this uh, time uh, comes to, you know, the, 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 the antibodies comes to lower, lower level, then you might get infection again. That would be three months after. So that's the reason why you, have, you, don't, get it, you don't get this vaccine immediately after an infection. Understood. You've got to wait, yeah. We so had okay. another medical doctor with us, a professor, last week on the same subject, and he said that the reinfection rate in Hong Kong was rising. What's your well, impression? Um, yeah. Now, concerning reinfection, we're talking about those patients, uh, well, because in Hong Kong the vaccination rate is very high, but first doses is talking about um, something approaching 90% already. So you're seeing infection uh, in Hong Kong is low, and most of them actually get vaccination. And if they get vaccination and infection, so uh, their protection is quite high. But there is still a possibility of reinfection for all these people because we, we found that this new uh, variant of the virus has the, this characteristic of kind of immune escape, meaning that even though you have immunity, this virus, new virus, can infect, can still infect the body. So, but of course, if you've got protection, the rates of reinfection should be low. All right, it's much better than a person who's not in, uh, infected before or not given vaccine before. And it, apart from the contagious uh, aspect, there's also the virulence, isn't there? That is, you might uh, get it again for a second or third time, even as believe has happened in other countries but you're less yeah, yeah. severely affected? Well, I would say um, because all these uh, uh, variants have kind of slightly different uh, properties from the earlier variants, so as this, var- this virus changes in its, muta- uh, in its uh, uh, characteristics, um, we expect a, certain, a little differences from the previous uh, uh, predecessors. So uh, some virus might affect younger age more, some might affect older age more. So for this, uh, the elite new one, uh, it seems that um, it affects the younger age a little bit more, but maybe because it could be um, the, the, the infection, the vaccination rate of the younger age is not as much as the older age. So there are a lot of factors to consider. So I, in general, I would say um, they're pretty the same if you talk about reinfection. Uh, for, for different ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dr. Kwok, have you found that the, uh, uh, the, the demand for vaccines uh, has uh, gone down somewhat now that it's, it's easier to travel and now that, it, now that uh, the, the overall vaccination level uh, is at a point where you know, there is a, a good level of protection for the population at large? Um, well, that's true. Uh, in fact, uh, when we come to November and December, the, the vaccination rate is very low, very, very low. 
But uh, as, as you know that in the last month, we have an increase in the number up to about 10,000 uh, cases a day. Then we see the, the vaccination rate come up a bit, especially when we started to use the bivalent vaccine uh, on the 1st of December, which is mm. just last month. And the, the, the demand is, is much, much higher. But now, as compared to a week or two ago, and I can see a slightly uh, a lower, lower, lowering demand uh, in the last last week or so, maybe about 10, 15 percent less, uh, even for the bivalent vaccines in Hong Kong. But you, your advice to the public would be if you're, if you're eligible for a vaccine or, or a booster shot or whatever, uh, go and get it. Go and get it. Yeah, please go and get it. So it, it would provide protection. Uh, especially some people uh, would like to go go abroad because of the opening of borders, and that would be a wise uh, advice too. Great. Okay, well, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us uh, uh, on the program this morning. Uh, that was uh, Dr. Samuel Kwok, the medical director and, uh, director of the vaccination centre in uh, Lychee Kok. Um, a quick. Uh, Email here from listener Alonzo. I think this is kind of addressed to you, Mike. Says uh, uh, your co-host remarked that uh, Hong Kongers are the only people wearing masks. Uh, while we are certainly in the minority, we're not alone. I returned from Bangkok recently, where more than ninety percent of locals uh, still wear masks despite not being obliged to. I have a son who lives in Bangkok, and that's not the message I'm getting oh, from right. him. But right. people are free Different to wear them. Yeah. or not wear them yeah. in yeah. those places. Yeah. In Hong yeah. Kong, we are not free. Mm -hmm. Right. OK, uh, well, thank you very much uh, for being uh, the uh, Backchat uh, guest presenter this morning and for, and for and all I'm, your input. I'm going to be good, boy. I'm going to get my booster shot early next right. month. Right, very good. OK, thanks very much, uh, Mike, and to our listeners. And let's have a quick look uh, at the weather um, before we go to uh, the news summary and brunch with Noreen. It's going to be uh, mainly cloudy and dry, uh, cold in the morning. Uh, sunny uh, intervals during the day. Uh, what's the outlook? Persistently cold in the morning in the next couple of days, mainly fine and dry in the middle.